You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins for Tuesday, February 14th. I'm Portia Cook, your news director. I, along with Lee Zempel, are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. We here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. It is Valentine's Day, and whether you are celebrating the holiday or not, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review are sending you all of the love and wishing you a day filled with nothing but goodness. On today's show, you will hear about the possibility of a Colorado State University tuition increase and where the additional funds from that increase would be going to in Campus News with Lee Zempel. And the city of Fort Collins police have released information on the relocation of a sexually violent predator in Fort Collins. Hear about this and more with me in local news. If you missed Colorado State University's Black History Month keynote speaker, Bobby Seal, yesterday, we have you covered. Later on in the show, you will hear Seal speak about his involvement as the co-founder of the Black Panther Party and his journey as a civil rights activist. And with that, let's move right into Campus News with Lee Zempel. My name is Lee Zempel, and these are your Campus News Updates. CSU faculty could be getting a raise in the next academic year, but it would be coming from the pockets of students through an increased tuition. The tuition hike is not yet official, but the idea was brought to the CSU System's Board of Governors in December of 2022. The proposal calls for a 4% increase for in-and-out-of-state undergrads, with 3% for in-and-out-of-state graduate students. Combined, the increases add up to a $14 million spike in tuition. Nick DeSalvo, Speaker of the Senate for the Associated Students of CSU, organized a petition to oppose the idea, which has gathered over 2,000 signatures so far. The decision to go through with a tuition hike won't be decided until the end of the semester in May, but DeSalvo hopes that the petition will collect 10,000 signatures by then. DeSalvo told the Collegian that the tuition increase would impact all students to a varying degree, so opposition to the idea is large and diverse. But many students still support a faculty pay raise because some staff members, even with PhDs, are getting paid less than they would at the Poudre Valley School District. Derek Newberger, president of CSU's Graduate Student Council, said that spending during the COVID-19 pandemic, inflation, and the most recent faculty salary raise have all contributed to the university's budget issues today, leaving CSU $4.5 million short. More about the potential impacts of the proposal getting approved is on the collegian. That's all for your campus news. I'm Lee Zimpel. Up next, Fort Collins police have released information on the relocation of a sexually violent predator into the Fort Collins community. This and more in local news with Portia Cook. In local news, Fort Collins police have released information on the relocation of a sexually violent predator into the Fort Collins community. On July 8, 2014, 34-year-old Tony Courtney was convicted of sexual assault and child abuse on a female child between the ages of 12 and 13 years of age. Courtney was registered as a sex offender in Fort Collins from January 2020 to November of 2022 prior to moving to the city of Johnstown, Colorado. As of this month, Courtney is residing back in the Fort Collins area. Law enforcement agencies have no legal authority to direct where a sex offender may live. And unless court restrictions exist, they are constitutionally free to live wherever they choose. Law enforcement may, however, share sex offender information with the community based on the Jacob Waterling Act of 1994. In the case of sexually violent predators, law enforcement must actively notify citizens. According to the Sexually Violent Predator Community Notification Bulletin, quote, the purpose of the notification is to enhance public safety and protection. 
The bulletin goes on to state vigilantism or the use of the information to harass, threaten, or intimidate the offender, the offender's significant other, or the community notification team is criminal behavior and will not be tolerated. Additional information on the relocation of this offender can be found at fcgov.com news or by calling Derek Ross with the Fort Collins Police Services at 970-221-6569. In other news, there was quite the commotion at a 7-Eleven in Fort Collins on Sunday. According to a City of Fort Collins press release on February 12th at approximately 4.45 p.m., Fort Collins police received a call regarding a male who entered a homeowner's backyard making suicidal statements. While police were en route to that call, the male identified as Michael Kusick went to the 7-Eleven located off of Remington Street in Fort Collins. Cusick broke one of the front windows to the store where he then made entry and began destroying items inside of the store. Two Good Samaritans were able to get the clerk out of the store and to safety. Cusick did barricade himself in the business where he proceeded to light items on fire. Officers proceeded to break the store window that was close to the fire and Puerto Fire Authority firefighters were able to extinguish the fire from the outside. Due to the subject being barricaded, several members of the Fort Collins Police SWAT team responded to assist. Officers ended up making entry into the store and Cusick approached officers with a glass beer bottle. Less lethal munitions were used and eventually effective on Cusick. Cusick was then transported to an area hospital for treatment of minor injuries. At this time, Cusick was booked into the Larimer County Detention Center on the following charges. Felony arson, felony criminal mischief, felony, menacing, resisting arrest, and obstruction. If you or anyone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts or mental health crisis, you can text or dial the Suicide and Crisis Hotline by pressing 988 on your mobile or phone device. And that is all for your local news. Up next, find out which Fort Collins resident is breaking a new Guinness World Record and how with me in events and entertainment news after the break. Local music is a sample element of every city around the world, but unique to every community. KCSU will showcase a part of our international local music exchange, a radio show and podcast collaboration with college radio stations around the world. All participating stations are sharing their local music community with the world. Listen to the podcast at kcsufm.com.
In entertainment news, one Fort Collins aerialist is breaking a world record and not in the way you would think. Guinness World Records recently confirmed Stephanie Morfitt Tepp, a Fort Collins circus performer known for her hair-hanging act, is the new world record holder for the heaviest weight held while suspended by her hair. Morfitt Tepp held just over 277 pounds while hanging by a ring tied to her hair during a November 10th attempt at the Denver Circus Collective. Morfitt Tepp told the Coloradoan that she is roughly one of six people who hair hang in the U.S., That's pretty neat that one of the six is right here in Fort Collins and one I would love to see. In events news, if you missed Black History Month keynote speaker Bobby Seale yesterday, we here at 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins have you covered. Born in 1936 in Dallas, Texas, Seale is a Black Panther Party co-founder and American political activist and author. One of Seale's most notable works being his book titled Power to the People, The World of the Black Panther. Well, Fort Collins and Colorado State University had the opportunity to hear directly from Seal during his keynote speech on Monday, February 13th in Colorado State University's Lori Student Center Ballroom. Seal spoke about his involvement with the Black Panthers and his journey as a civil rights activist geared towards social change. Here's a bit of what he had to say. Of the uh, 5,000 student population, half of them was African-American. And we had, no, had never had a student organization then. So we created it. Now, I'm only carrying nine credit hours. I couldn't do it. But Virgil Morrell, my friend, he was carrying 12. So he signed it in. And we put that together. And now we got a black student organization on campus, you know, and it's 40 and 50 and 60 brothers and sisters. So that's, that was our BSU, you see what I mean, uh, and growing up and, and, and doing this. But I'm, I'm, I'm going on, I'm getting ready to be nearly, nearly 30 years old at this time, at the time, you see, because uh, that, that was the work. That's what started. That was the foundation. And it would be a year or so later that I created the Black Panther Party. I was working for the city government of Oakland, California at the time, again, making three, four times the minimum wage. The minimum wage is a buck and a quarter. A gallon of gas, regular gas, was 16 cents. Okay, you understand? <laughs> okay. That's what was going So my little 600 money job went a long way, you know, I paid the note on the house that my mother was, was in, my mother, me and the family was in, and I gave her another $75 and the rest of the money was mine, you know. I'm just saying, then I got, when I really got to organize, and we went out to patrol the police as a tactic to capture the imagination of the people. I don't want to be sitting around here trying to make speeches for five years to get an organization going. I want to get it instantly now. We're going to go out here and patrol the police. I said, well, Hugh, we're not going to patrol them until you, because you're in night law school now. And I know you've got people over there that can help you write whatever, but I want the law. I don't want you out here just trying to debate with some damn police and being angry or something. I want you to state to the, uh, the law that we have a right to stand and observe the police. And he went on and did it. it. Took him a month and a half to get it done, but he got it done. And he came around the office, the office where I signed the paper, et cetera, because when I pick a place, I picked a place that was good and with no regular joint, but... but he was back there. He was back there mumbling to himself. I got to go study some more. Blah, blah, blah. And finally, one day I said, "Let me see that thing." And I said, "Oh, this is pretty good. Pretty good." All right. Meanwhile, I didn't train all the brothers and sisters. And the sisters, we had one sister, Geraldine, was another sister who was a member, but she wasn't in this operation. But you know, I got sold them. I sold those uh, red books. I never had. We sold three thousand red books and hadn't even read it. We had not read that book. It was a quick thing. Sell a red book, get you one dollar. <laughs> anyway, I bought some 
small shotguns. Now, my personal guns at home, those are hunting rifles. Those are very expensive. I'm not patrolling no police with this. This, this is hundreds of dollars. My father got a, a 300 Savage lever action, one, two, three, four guns, and I got three guns in my, in my closet. Hunting rifles and guns and shotguns, blah, 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 blah. Way before the party started. So we're going to go out here and we're going to patrol these police. So I got some of them in uniform. I trained them how to hold the guns, et cetera. Took some of them up to the firing range, to two or three of them at one time, but I didn't, couldn't go up there all the time. And, and, and what, what weapons were, how to break down an M1 carbine, et cetera, and so on. I carried an Army 45. I carried no rifles. I didn't want no rifles, shotguns. 10-point platforming program. I had copies of it. We drive down the street. We see a cop has already stopped somebody. We pull over. Huey's in the car, his brother's car, and I'm in my car. And out of both cars, we have a total of 14 people. One sister, Geraldine, is with us. Richard Aoki, our Japanese buddy friend, had given her a big 44 pistol, 44 caliber. Well, I said, dang, girl, what you got there? <laughs> you know? And boom, because when she, she come up, she would walk by the office way before how she got in the party. She walked by the office and gave us the finger and ran. <laughs> so the office is open next week. Here she comes, here she comes, little Bobby Hood said, here she comes. And so I ran out to her sister. What about, I said, why are you doing that? I don't like you. Wow, you don't like, you don't like no girls in your, in your organization. I don't like you. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want to join the Black Panther Party? You can join the Black Panther Party. Because, you know, I got to the office still at, uh, down the street. I had printed out applications to join the Black Panther Party. I can join the Black Panther Party? I said, sure. Well, I want a gun just like everybody else, okay? <laughs> I said, okay, sister. I said, but you have to be trained by me. You know, I know what, how good guns are and how to... Anyway, that night in the red light district in West Oakland, and the police, we lined up as we walked down there. I'll never forget that. Because there's Slim Jenkins, the nightclub, there's a tax office closed, then there's the uh, grocery store and a liquor store. And, you know, had a little lights there, street lights. And we walked down there, and we, I said, step off the curb, boom. The cop was sitting inside the passenger side door with the door open on the radio. He hadn't seen us come up. But all these brothers and sisters walking by, it stopped. This one sister who come out of Slim Jenkins, oh, she was so well-dressed with that sweet leather jacket she had and that uh, cocktail glass, you know. And she walks and she says, my God, these are some spiffy young folks here. Because <laughs> I'm putting this all in the movies. I mean, it's just, you know, and I, yeah, see, you got to know the real history. So, so, so people who talk about it distort what's happening. And anyway, the cop gets out of his car. You have no right to observe me. And Huey did what I told him to do. No California state rule, California state rule states that every citizen has a right to stand and observe a police officer carrying out his duty. As long as they stand a reasonable distance away, a reasonable distance in that particular room is constituted as 8 to 10 feet. I'm standing approximately 20 feet from you, and we'll observe you whether you like it or not. <laughs> and a tall, tall black brother, he said, man, what kind of Negroes is these? <laughs> and another brother said, sitting up here telling the police the law. <laughs> that was the our irony of this situation. <laughs> Boom. Well, if that gun's loaded here, he says, clack, clack, he jacks around the chamber. Now, while riding in the car, we had the law down. You cannot have a live round in the chamber of a rifle or a shotgun or a long gun. Didn't apply to the handguns, etc. California law.
If you are just tuning in, that was a portion of a conversation with Black History Month keynote speaker and Black Panther Party co-founder Bobby Seale. You can watch the entire conversation with Seale by following the link found on the Black African American Cultural Center's website at baacc.colostate.edu, found under the full list of Black History Month events. And that is all for your events and entertainment news. Up next, hear all things sports with Eliza Drotar after the break. Support for KCSU comes from Chiba Hut. Chiba Hut Toasted Subs is a cannabis-themed restaurant with three locations in Fort Collins and two close to campus. Ordering is available online for pickup or delivery. For locations and a menu, visit ChibaHut.com. My name is Eliza Drotart. This is your RMR Sports Report. In track and field news, the team has finished up their final competition before heading out to the Mountain West Conference on the 23rd of February in Albuquerque, New Mexico. In women's swim and dive, the team will be competing in the Mountain West Championship this week in Houston, Texas, before ending their season. In men's basketball, the team is now 11-14 with their most recent win against Air Force at Air Force, 69-53. Their next matches will be this week on the 15th and the 18th against Boise State and Fresno State. In women's basketball, the team is now on a four-game winning streak going 17-8 and with their most recent match being against Fresno State, 61-54. Their next matches this week are going to be on the 16th and the 18th against San Diego State and Air Force Academy. And finally, in women's softball news, they have now started their season 3-2, losing their most recent game at the New Mexico State Invitational, where they have been playing against Bradley and New Mexico State. Their most recent loss was against Bradley 9-8. They will be heading out to the Cal Baptist Classic this week. My name is Eliza Drotar. This has been your RMR Sports Report. Hello. Hey, so I'm having some trouble with my streaming service. Please select from the following options. Can I just talk to a person? Sorry, that is not an option. Please select from the following options. Seriously? You called? No, no, not you. I'm just sick of robots, and I just want to listen to some music. You know what? This is DJ Silent G, and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins, operated by actual human beings.
I'm Portia Cook with your Fort Collins weather forecast for today, Tuesday, February 14th. It was another windy and cool day in Fort Collins with a mix of clouds, sun, and winds blowing northwest at 20 to 30 miles per hour and a high of 46 degrees. Hopefully all of the love in the air today will keep you warm because it is going to be a chilly night, especially if you plan on stepping out to celebrate the holiday. Tonight, you can expect cloudy skies with late night snow showers and winds blowing up to 40 miles per hour with a high of 15 degrees. Wednesday continues with snow showers mainly in the morning and a high of 20 degrees. And for Thursday's weather, you can tune into the next episode of the Rocky Mountain Review only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm Portia Cook with your KCSU weather report. Information comes from the Weather Channel. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now. I would also like to thank our volunteer, Lee Zempel, our news producer, Adam Carlson, as well as the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener. So thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section, or you can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcast by searching KCSU News. And with that, we will see you next time.